This is the sound a doggy makes. Mr. Connery. Mool. <laughs> no. Well, that's the sound your mother made last night. <laughs> okay, that's not necessary. Ah. Burt Reynolds. Who is, um, uh, Scooby-Doo? <laughs> no. That was a funny dog, Scooby-Doo. He drove around a van and uh, solved mysteries. That is incorrect. No, that's correct. <laughs> I remember, you had a pal, Scrappy-Doo. Good Lord! We would have accepted Bow Wow or Rough. Oh, Rough, just the way your mother likes it, Trevor. <laughs> Come on, that is way out of line. Stick your cock up her ass, you motherfucking worthless cocksucker. Did you fuck my mom? Did you fuck my mom? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. You're so fucker. Cock! Suck a motherfucker! <gasps> you shit it! Oh, I hate you. I hate you. So fuck you. What happened? When you fucked a stranger in the ass! What the fuck, man? If I go in there and see fucking pubes sprinkled on the toilet seat, I'm gonna fucking lose my mind. Last time I went to the bathroom today, I took a shit and my shit looked like a fucking stuffed animal. Chuck Norris. Even close. I, that I was terrible, even, Jake. I don't even sound nowhere close to Connery, Moore, Dalton, Bronson, Craig. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't even know who the fuck that sounded like. No, not at all. 
But, uh, yeah, in case you couldn't figure it out, yeah, this is Unholy Mofos, and we are on James Bond Month. Once again, it is that time of year again, people. Halloween's over, unfortunately, but now we move on to other things. Yeah, James, all the James Bond movies were put back on, uh, on all the different streaming services, so it's James Bond Month. Oh, were they? I mean, I, I put the two we were doing in a Dropbox just because I, I couldn't. I don't know. The thing I look at called realgood.com tells you what services the movies are on. Mm-hmm. I saw a, I saw a bunch of them on Hulu, and I think I saw a bunch of them on uh, Prime. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I should have looked at other places than that real good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so today, subject at hand, a little bit of Roger Moore in The Man with the Golden Gun and The Spy Who Loved Me. Not the spy who shagged me, mind you, the spy who loved me. Well, I'm going to overrule you, Jake. We're starting back at the beginning with Dr. No, and we're going to do Goldfinger along with it. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to James Bond. The real James Bond. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. How tragic he has to die before this freaking episode. Did, uh, did we talk about this? You know, like, his death was on 10-31-2020, and, like, yeah. people added it up together, and it was double o seven. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, you take, like, uh, the, the single-digit numbers and, like, add them all together, you get seven. And, uh, hmm. yeah. And kind of that yeah, well, a way for him to go out, I suppose. <laughs> the only way for a master to go out. Yeah. Well, of course, we were meant to do these episodes last time we were doing James Bond ones, but uh, situations uh, did not allow that to happen. So, hey, I have probably the easiest notes I've ever taken because I took them last year. <laughs> yeah, it should be... Uh... Pretty easy, considering you didn't have to do anything. Yeah, you know, I did watch the movie and just look at them and the IMDb synopsis just to make sure there wasn't anything I was missing. And, yeah, I think I took some good ones. No changes needed to be made. Yay! Your lies are busted. <laughs> well, anyway, hey, how about them girls, hey? We have some winners. Starting off, we had Jessica Alba against Elizabeth Banks. Jessica Alba won three to one. Wow. Next up, we had Zoe Zeldana against Christina Ritchie. Christina won three to one. Okay. Then we have a tie against Amy Jell and Mila Kunis. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to say one to three for Amy and uh, four to six for Mila. All right, Theory, do your magic. Roll a dice. One. So, Amy Joe wins. Yeah, some reason I just got update on my phone, so it works a little differently. <laughs> I guess we didn't hear the voice for Theory right there, but I swear it, it was one. Hmm. <laughs> 
pretty suspect there, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, try it again. I mean, sure. I'm gonna say. I can get it. Hey Siri, roll a dice. Yeah, no. it didn't do it either for me. But minus five. Okay. Oh well, I just stick with one. It don't matter. Yeah. Amy wins. Yay. Uh, she wins. Let's see, what would that be? Three to two. Three to two, yeah. And then uh, we had Linda Hamilton against Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon won for nothing. Oh, wow. <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty crazy, but it is what it is. Yeah. Well, these girls, they don't have very long to uh, be in the, the winner's circle because they're back up this week. So we are we're getting down to the very nitty gritty here. So <laughs> it's it's gonna be tough. So starting out, we have Danielle Harris against Marissa Tomei. <sighs> the eyebrow versus Aunt May. Uh, you watch. I'm gonna go with Danielle here. As much as I hate to say it, I think I I am as well. Um, it's not anything against Marissa. It's just, you know, I think Danielle has a little more accomplished in the field that she chose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, this is gonna be the hardest rounds ever, people. So these aren't gonna be easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake. Oh no. Alexandra Daddario against Catherine Isabel. Oh. Oh. Yeah, one I to enter, one must leave. Yeah, I have thought about this long and hard. No pun intended. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> And, yeah, ultimately, I had to crush on Catherine just a little bit longer. So, I will have to say it goes to Catherine. Sorry, Alex. If I ever meet Alexandra Daddario, I will tell her you chose Catherine Isabel over her. You bastard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with Alex. So, that's going to be a 1-1 for us. Hmm, boy. All right. Well, as I said, these girls, they're not going to have very long before they got to go back head to head. So we have Jessica Alba against Christina Ritchie. <laughs> Again, I think I'm going to go with who I've known about a little bit longer. So Christina. I love you, Jessica Alba. You are so fine but I, I I have to do the same thing I mean I've been watching Christina Ritchie movies longer than I have Jessica Alba so for me it's Christina okay and finally <clears throat> we have Amy Joe Johnson against Shannon Elizabeth well, once again, the one I've known a little bit longer wins, Amy. Well, 
I'm going to differ for you on this one. I, I got to go Shan. I have to. Yeah, okay. We don't, uh, we don't know who is going to be in next week's matchup, so I can't give you a matchup preview. <laughs> right. Because whoever gets voted in will be the one who goes head to head. So if you want to see some four. of these, yeah, if you want to see some of these girls advance, you better you better get on the the Facebook and and the Twitter and you better vote because <laughs> it's it's getting down there and, and, and very big disappointments are coming. Jake, <laughs> maybe maybe so. I don't know. <laughs> I am almost certain. Ugh, all right, what do we got next? Okay, well, yeah, I was looking for a segment. I, I realized that you didn't have one prepared this time all around, but I searched and searched, and well, Scott heard my reaction to finding <laughs> it. <laughs> let's, let's just say, yeah, uh, this episode may gross you out, people. I mean, listen to uh, the outtakes that hears about some fucked up shit that happened to our feet, me mostly. So I realized something I haven't done in quite a while is a disgusting sex act. And, uh, yeah, this one's a little short and sweet, but <laughs> it's all you freaking need. This is called the San Francisco Bird Feeder to suck your own or another's cum out of a person's ass and spit it into their mouth like a mother bird feeding her young. Why? Why do people do this? I highly doubt somebody has actually done this. Um, it's just something. Here, let's let's think of a weird thing to do and let's post it on the internet. Oh, we'd be surprised. Gosh, I would imagine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's some fucked up people out there. There truly is. Uh, yeah. Let's keep it to just that, and uh, I'm a quick little football talk right there. We were doing just a little bit before the show started. Uh, yeah, the start to the Bears season. Well, yeah, that was a fucking lie, wasn't it? (laughs) The Bears are going to be so good this year. Week three. Uh, what are we supposed to do? Uh, What is that thing? Is that thing a football? And Scott, so Scott's team, well, they may contend for the division, although uh, that's not saying much. Yeah, no. Our our division is ass. Yeah, you beat the Eagle tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe you could be... Uh, no. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll be a half a game back. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've, really I've, already, <laughs> I've already fucking tried to figure all that shit out. It's, uh, it's really annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting to rethink some Super Bowl picks for me. I mean, I was thinking for a little bit Seahawks are going to contend for the NFC side, but uh, now I'm not so sure about it. I mean, God, their defense really sucks, and their defense is the worst in the league. And yeah, Russell Wilson, he has some good games, but last few games he's looked kind of not too good, like multiple turnovers. I mean, if you're relying on Russell Wilson to have an MVP season to save you guys and bring you to the Super Bowl, it's just not going to happen. 
Like, it's a team sport. You cannot just freaking expect one man to do it all. Yeah. And then I was also thinking, hey, maybe the Bucks. And then, well, last Sunday night happened. Holy fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> I, told I, I did not expect that to be so one-sided. Literally, he they almost lost to the Giants. Uh, yeah, that too. That yeah. tells you all you need to know. They're not yeah. as good as they seem to be. Old man <laughs> quarterback there is really showing his age. I, I, don't, I just don't get that. I mean, they get beat by us one week, and then the next week they completely destroy the fucking Packers, and then barely win against the Giants, and then get destroyed by the Saints. It's like, so which team is the real team? I I don't fucking know. It's it's really, I think, just it comes down to how... I, honestly, I don't know. I thought I had a theory, but... I think it just it, it amounts to the fact that the team doesn't have, you know, the, the necessary instructions and, you know, the coaching that they need to be consistent. Yeah. Uh, I I don't want to pick Green Bay, no. I, but, I don't know, maybe after last week, maybe the Saints could be contenders. I mean, maybe this could be the year they finally do it. I mean, I'd like to see that. It's just... Just for Drew Brees, I mean, you gotta figure this has definitely gotta be his last season. Um, I don't think so. I don't know. I think didn't he sign a two-year contract in the off-season? I don't remember. I think he's he's gonna try and play as long as he can because he wants to freaking fight dipstick over the uh, all-time passing touchdown record. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. That'd be nice. I mean, uh, because again, I don't want to fucking pick Green Bay. No, no, not going to do it. Not gonna give that fucking bastard the satisfaction. Green Bay's going all the way, baby. <laughs> I'm not a Bears fan, so I don't care. Uh, I think hey, it's see, funny though. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, how far they have fallen. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> They looked really good at the beginning of the season. As soon as they lost their quarterback, everybody like was just like, I don't even want to be here anymore. I don't want to play. <laughs> Let's just right. let everybody else win. Yeah. Uh, I gave the Steelers a good game last week. That's uh, close, but no the, cigar. Uh, apparently the Jets tanked against uh, the you-know-who on... Uh, was it Monday they played? I don't know. I yeah. didn't watch it. Yeah, I watched a little bit of that, mostly just for, like, fantasy reasons. I just, I thought that was funny. Like, they were winning the entire game, and then the defense was just like, here you go, go downfield. We, <laughs> we want to lose. We want to tank. Yeah, yeah, we want that guy from Clemson. You know what's funny? If he doesn't want to go, go to the Jets, I guarantee you, he fucking stays in college another year just so he doesn't have to. Yeah. Just like what I, Justin Herbert did, not wanting to uh, go to a couple teams. Yeah. <laughs> I've already seen some people say, I mean, not like experts, you know, just a bunch of fans saying that he should pull an Eli Manning. <laughs> yeah, for AFC side, uh, I, I don't know, I'm still picking the Kansas City Chiefs for my Super Bowl pick. I mean, they're still looking good. 
they're looking a little bit sloppy, but they pull through in the end somehow, and you know that's what they did in the fucking playoffs in Super Bowl last year. So Pittsburgh's definitely looking good. I mean, well, they haven't fucking lost a game yet. Apparently, it's their best record in like the team franchise history. Yeah, that's that's got that's impressive right there. Not Maybe. really, considering some of the teams they've had to play. Well, yeah, that's true, but either way, 8-0, man, it's 8-0. Yeah, granted, they may be the only undefeated team left, but they really could have lost last week. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll definitely be, like, Chiefs and Steelers and the AFC Championship. I don't know. I, I honestly think they'll get eliminated. I don't think that team is as good as everybody thinks it is. It's just they've been getting easy wins against bad teams. Because the other team to look out for, I think, in the AFC is the Colts. They've probably got one of the best defenses out there. Yeah, that that's quite a surprise to me this year. But, you know, Phillip Rivers, he must have seen something in the Colts. That's why he fucking wanted to go there. Yeah, that that's quite... I mean, I just remember, like, man, during the Peyton Manning years of that team, I mean, they were always known for, like, their, like, dynamic offense, but, yeah, defense. <laughs> yeah. Even, I was really shocked. I, I mean, I, I watched the opening drive of the that game, and, you know, the Texans went, or the Titans went downfield, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, all right, uh, okay, I don't think, uh, you know, the Colts might have a chance here, but, uh <laughs> I looked at the score at the end of the game. I was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> oh, I got to tell you, and thinking of fantasy, I picked up that he Himes just on a hunch, and whoo, boy. Yeah, it, it's just uh, running back or something? Yeah, and, you know, just talk about fantasy just a little bit. Like, you know, I probably mentioned earlier this season that I joined five fantasy teams this year just out of boredom, and I am, like, uh, number one in three of them, number two in the other two. Uh, I joined like eight leagues, and I'm only fucking worrying about one at this point. Yeah, I might be getting good at this fantasy football thing, I would say. <laughs> Always sucked many years before, but it seems our first year in the Tom Atkins league that all turned around. Oh, yeah, hey, now we of, don't uh, even have the league. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of... uh. Happy belated to Tom Atkins yesterday, on uh, November thirteenth. I did not know that. Yep, eighty-five. Can't wait to watch the uh, the new collector movie. Right. <laughs> Granted, he may be an old fart now, but I guarantee you, he's probably gonna be kicking some ass. Yeah, and how fitting for him to have a birthday on Friday the thirteenth. Man, if if only he was in a Friday the Thirteenth movie, that'd be kind of awesome. Yeah, never, uh, never say never. Maybe he could be, uh, you know, like a, a sheriff or something in like a, a remake if they ever fucking get that stupid lawsuit settled. Yeah, let's wait for that shit to be settled first before we start thinking who could be in what. <laughs> all right, enough about football and all. Channel 4 News team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Well, this is one that uh, would totally excite Sean. Constantine 2 in the works, according to who? 
according to Peter Stormare, the man who played Satan in Constantine. Uh, that uh, that makes me happy. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it would make Sean happy just because he loves Stormare's portrayal as the devil in that movie. Yeah, I uh, I saw a report on that. I, I I really hope it's true. I like the you know the the movie. Yeah, and yeah. Been about I really 15, want to see him return to the role. Yeah, it's been 15 years since that, and yeah, you know, at least they try to adapt it into TV, although based more on the DC comics than the actual movie. But yeah, I guess uh, I guess uh, Keanu Reeves is really returning to the well for love his famous roles, going back to The Matrix, Bill and Ted, and now Constantine. Oh uh, hey, hey there's nothing wrong with uh revisiting stuff oh hey hey man in that case uh go back to uh johnny utah <laughs> in that case i mean hey nobody remembers a point break remake at this point so hey just go back to the og i didn't see that movie yeah i haven't seen the original or the remake so yeah i'm just throwing out random ones uh there's some exciting news chris pratt as star lord and Thor, Love, and Thunder. So, well, yeah, I guess... That's what? not really a shock. Um, you you, you kind of had to expect it was going to happen. I don't... Is uh, is Love and Thunder coming out before Guardians 3? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean so, it's already been filming, and, you know, because yeah, of so James Gunn's troubles, uh, Guardians 3 is still on the back burner. Yeah, so you knew he was going to be in it one way or another, because they have to explain why Thor is going to leave. Yeah, I was always wondering what was going to happen with that. I mean, the ending of uh, Endgame was like definitely hinting more at uh, Guardian 3, but again, I guess the whole shit with James Gunn uh, kind of uh, delayed Guardian 3 just a little bit. Yeah, I he wanted to do, what, the Suicide Squad 2? And- yep. Something, I guess he's got something else he's working on now, too. Like, uh, something called Peacemaker. Oh, I don't know. And then after he's, after he's done with that, he's all good to go for Guardians. Uh, of course, I mean, again, with the whole COVID shit, uh, that's delayed a lot of movies, too, so. You know, I, I like hearing that the, the new Spider-Man has started filming. Yeah, I like that, too. I so I think I heard somewhere that apparently like yeah, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield don't want to be uh, alternate universe Fire Man in those movies. You heard something like that? I mean, I just heard it from a Facebook post. So no, I honestly I don't want them. I I'm not a big fan of Maguire's portrayal. Like after I mean, I was growing up as a kid, obviously, but. Tom Holland, I think, is the perfect Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield, he just... I don't know. His character never really worked. At least not for me. I, I just... I didn't enjoy his portrayal as much. Uh, yeah, I, I, to me, I've... You know, I, I've read, like, over 300 fucking Spider-Man comics. And to me, Tom Holland is, is the best one. And I don't think those other two should join him. But, I mean, I understand if they're going to try to do, like, that Spider-Verse thing. And, right. you know, try and, you know, 
make it live action, bring in a bunch of different, you know, like Spider-Mans. Like I even heard that they were, you know, there's a possibility of uh, Noy, uh, Neuer Spider-Man, the, the black and white one. Yeah. Like he he could even possibly be joining, but like I I don't know. I I think it's rushing things right now. I think like you know closer to an event like you know Endgame, and like ten years down the road, like something happens and you know he has to bring everyone together, or you know for like the the Sinister Six, which right. I hear is a possible. Thing happening, but I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it could just be cool if, if anything, like maybe just glorified cameos, even to. I don't know. I did hear a rumor that uh, Venom is going to have a small role in Spider-Man Three. Yeah, I keep hearing those kind of rumors too. Yeah, I'm not going to believe anything until either I see the movie itself. Or it's actually reported like, hey, this dude was uh, on, you know, on site for, you know, filming, blah, 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 you know. Right. Because you really can't believe anything. People can just go out there and say, oh, hey, yeah, this is happening. And, you know, just it not happen. And then they look like an ass. (laughs) Right. Yeah, John C. Riley has said that Step Brothers 2 won't happen until the guys are sure the idea is better than the original. Yeah, that's kind of disappointing, but at the same time, you got to be like, you know, I do kind of admire him wanting to do the best and not do just, like, a cash yeah, grab type sequel. Yeah, fuck him. If it's a good idea, then all, by all means, do it. Yeah. But if the idea is really bad, don't even think about it. Because it's just, it's going to flop as hard as the fucking uh, Holmes and Watson did. Yeah, my TV just turned on by itself. It's fucking possessed, I tell you. You got a ghost! You know, mine <laughs> does that, too. Like, if I have it on, like, all day, it'll I'll turn it off at night, and it'll turn itself back on. Like, it's really weird. Uh, yeah, so I'm not alone in that. I don't know, I, I think just... it's just, just something in the, the software or something. And, oh, hey, we already talked about uh, actors returning to the well, so how about this? Uh, the Rock talking... In, about uh, producing a Scorpion King reboot. But he will not play the character. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we've already had, like, what, <laughs> at least a few direct-to-DVD sequels to that. And I swear, like, I haven't seen any of them, but I look at the cast, it's like every movie is like a different guy playing the Scorpion King. And, man, talk about, like... Mighty who have fallen in those cast lists, like got Michael Bean and Lou Ferrigno and those. That's yeah, so, so like, how's this reboot going to be different from those directed DVD sequels, especially if The Rock's not going to be in it? Uh, I, I heard he was going to make like a cameo, but he's not going to play the character. And, I, just, uh, I, don't, I don't see the point. Right? I mean, if you're going to do something like this, make it like a new mummy movie. Don't freaking, I never saw much value in the Scorpion King movies. That's why most of those movies went straight to fucking DVD. Yeah. I mean, the first one was kind of fun and uh, I just haven't seen anything that came out after that. So I, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've been curious to check them out. Like, 
one of my movie marathons coming up eventually. But yeah, I'm not expecting great things. That's for sure. I know I own the second one. I haven't watched it in fucking probably ten years. Yeah, I was, I was wondering, you know, why why they're not going back to the mummy well. I was like, well, you know, Universal starting up the monsters again, rebooting them all, and well, they might have finally gotten things right with the Invisible Man. And yeah, well, unfortunately, Brendan Fraser ain't doing too much these days. He's doing uh, that Doom Patrol show. Yeah, he's doing that, yeah. At least he's got some work. I wonder why he doesn't get much work anymore. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things I hear about that, like, uh, I guess, like, some beef he has with some producer or something like that. And there's a lot of videos on YouTube about that you could check out. And, uh, yeah, Gerard Butler returning as uh, Mike Banning in the new Has Fallen movie. Now this one's called Night Has Fallen. (sighs) Talk about milking another franchise. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't even seen the first one. I I thought the first one was pretty good, and that second one was all right, but that second one had some pretty bad CGI in it. I mean, we're talking sci-fi channel level bad. uh, Oh, God. At the last last one, Angel has fallen was pretty damn good. Well, hey, I don't know. Maybe Gerard Butler found his uh John Wick fr- type franchise. I don't know. I I never saw much faith in. I don't know. I just I, I was never never too interested in in those movies. Yeah, yeah. If you like some good action movies, I would uh, recommend them. But. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Vin Diesel returning in Bloodshot, too. Well, I guess that, that's... Yeah, that's a shock. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that one did that good, but then again, it came out right as the pandemic was starting, so, I mean... Yeah. Oh, it's hard to say, like, how it really did box office-wise. I mean, I mean, if uh, the year had just been regular, how well it would have done, but... I guess they're satisfied enough they'll do a part two. And let me just say that, yeah, Bloodshot fun was eh, decent, but my problem with it is that it's just one of those movies where the uh, trailer just pretty much ruins everything. So, hey, if you're going to do a part two, uh, uh, try not to show everything in the movie right away. Yeah. Yeah, or else I just avoid it. And, well, this last thing right here. I'm I'm kind of excited about this. is just about a comic book series, a, a fan-made comic book series, mind you. But of course, the subject matter really intrigues me. The headline for this is Freddy Krueger, Jason, and Pinhead fight the Power Rangers in new fan-made comic. Now, see, that's a fucking crossover I want to see. Well, you, know, this, you would think it would be Freddy, Jason, and Michael. Why, why Pinhead? Yeah, I don't know, but, yeah, well, beggars can't be choosers. And, you know, this is kind of funny because, well, a little bit of spoiler to what we've been watching, even though you knew it had to be coming, but I did a Friday the 13th marathon. And, yeah, in that marathon, I included Jason X. And watching that, I'm just thinking, you know, this is pretty much just like a sci-fi original show. 
that Jason just so happened to walk onto the set on. I mean, <laughs> I mean you know, that's really not a Friday the 13th movie. Definitely doesn't have the feel. And then, of course, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking a good comparison would be like, what if there was a Nightmare on Elm Street movie where Freddy was the Power Rangers villain? And, of course... Lo and behold, today I start searching for news and I see the fucking headline. I'm like, oh my fucking god, that is kind of scary. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X are not Friday the Thirteenth movies; they're Jason movies. Yeah, yeah, that's the, if you yeah. if you look at it like that. Yeah, even Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, when when but, New Line took over, yeah, they. They took some liberties, that's for that's for goddamn sure. Some. <laughs> <laughs> I still think it's funny LeBron James wanted to produce a Friday movie. I know. But uh, I guess speaking of... Uh, Good lord, what are you watching? <sighs> what the hell have I been watching? Um... Shit. <laughs> uh, I started uh, watching uh, Mandalorian. Again, okay. uh, season two came out, and we're only three episodes in, and I want more. Yeah, um, I mean, go down them for, like, not releasing all the episodes at once, I guess. It's good, I think, for them, business-wise, to keep people around, but at the same time, it's like, I want to watch more, goddammit. <laughs> Like, you fucking leave us on, like, cliffhangers, and it's like, I don't like waiting a week. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I watched some uh, ghost adventures yesterday, just because I was okay. bored, and I had nothing really to do. Um, Simpsons has been on, uh, some Always Sunny, uh, bunch of YouTube videos, just, you know, watching walkthroughs and shit. That's pretty much about it. Okay. For me, well, watch something I haven't watched in, like, ever. Like, probably since it came out. Movie called Good Burger. Yeah, it's just, uh, anybody who grew up in the 90s will remember the show called All That. Basically, uh, a skit show for, like, you know, the Nickelodeon crowd. And yeah. the Good Burger was one of the, the skits on there that just happened to get a movie adaptation. About some guys uh, working at a burger joint. You know, got Keenan Thompson from SNL and Kel, uh, how should I forget his last name? Eh, that guy completely disappeared. Eh, yeah, that shit's pretty funny. I watched Overlord again, that Nazi zombie movie that came out a couple years ago. Yep. Still pretty good. I, uh, uh, I still want to check that movie out, but I gotta find the fucking time to just sit down and say, I'm gonna watch this. And then, uh, Try to get back into a horror movie series I haven't watched in a long time. A movie called uh, Tomie. It's a Japanese horror movie franchise. Uh, is it Tomie uh, or is it Tomei? <laughs> <laughs> it's Tomie. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't about Marissa. <laughs> so it's about some like like demon woman. She seduces man and is a fall madly in love with her, and then like evil, of course, abandon all their other loved ones, 
and then eventually get so crazy that uh, they end up killing her. But the thing is, she just cannot die at all. Like, <laughs> you cut her up into little pieces, well, those pieces will grow into other Tomies. Cut one head off the snake, two more grow. Right. Yes, I didn't get too much into it, unfortunately, just because, like, I thought I owned pretty much all these movies, but, um, nope, I'm missing one of them, and the one I'm missing was actually one of my favorites in the series. So, <laughs> I ordered it off of Amazon, and, you know, I guess according to uh, Amazon, I should be getting it next week, so, yeah, I mean, these movies, uh, they're kind of fun, but they're a little on the slow side. I mean, it's just not kill a minute type movies. It's basically kind of psychological how she, you know, just tortures these men that fall in love with her and the people around them. And then uh, I tried to get into some 2020 horror movie watches. So the first one I watched is something called Host. Uh, this one came out early, uh, well, maybe in the middle of summer. And it got some buzz just because, you know, it's a movie that was filmed mostly on Zoom about the pandemic. And, of course, you know, one of the things that worried me is that, you know, that just sounds so similar to a movie, of course, made my uh, worst of the decade. Yep. But it's better than that movie. I I wouldn't say it's a fucking masterpiece. I mean, I only gave it like three stars on Letterboxd, but... Yeah, kept me watching a bit, and very least, it was pretty short. I mean, maybe at some points a little too short because, like, you know, some reviews I watched for it afterwards, like, it's like, I mean, uh, there's something we kind of wanted to know. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of decent. And then, well, there's another movie that came out recently, which has the nearly the same concept called Control-Alt-Trick-or-Treat. Again, same concept, except it takes place on Halloween, and, you know, the characters are dressed up, and there was one chick, she was dressed as the evil nun. I almost want to say she was dressed up as the nun from that movie, and the makeup she had on her was actually fucking awesome. But, yeah, this one wasn't really good at all. The problem with it is that, well, you know, there's eight characters, I want to say, connected to this call. And so you're thinking right there, who got the high body count, right? Uh, no, not quite. Well, two characters die, at least that I know of. Other ones, like, I suddenly just dropped from the call, mysteriously, and we don't know what happened to them. And other two are just like, uh-uh, uh-uh, yeah, enough of this shit, and drop off the call themselves. And it's like, wow, that's some exhilarating stuff. That sounds really bad. I mean, the whole concept is stupid. Like, how do you fucking develop characters when you can't, like, show backstory or anything? Right. Like, it just, it's, like, it seems like a retarded fucking idea. Yeah, that's why it's not one of my favorite. I mean, I imagine, you know, especially with the pandemic and all, they'll probably... Make a few more of these types of movies, but... Eh. Oh, please, no. I've, I've never had an interest in watching a movie with people on a fucking screen. Right. Even uh, that Quibi shit, like, fucking... Yeah, here, let's... 
uh, you have to watch this on your phone. You can't watch it on a computer. You can't watch it on fucking smart TV or Xbox, PlayStation. Like, that was just dumb. <laughs> right. Let's try to innovate, but let's make the stupidest decisions we can. Uh, one movie called The Shed, about 17, uh, living with his grandpa after his parents die, and, well, he has a vampire that's living in the shed that he finds one day, and we're talking fucking vicious fucking vampire. Ain't no fucking sparkly, lovey-dovey type vampires. Yeah, we're talking about you You get in the shed with this guy, he'll fucking tear you apart. So a real vampire. Yes. And, of course, his friend finds about you, and, well, these two guys are, like, extremely bullied, so his friend wants to, like, try to lure these bullies into the shed so the vampire will kill him. But the guy's like, no, no, man, that's too evil. And, of course, well, you can kind of imagine what happens. <laughs> yeah. I would say it was a fun-ass movie. Another movie called The Cleansing Hour. Uh, this one, it's like a co- comedy horror mix about some guy who has this uh, web show where he performs exorcisms. But of course, the thing is, they aren't real. He's just doing it for the publicity. But just yeah, one yeah, day, yeah. I heard about this one. Yeah, it was just one day he actually gets into a real one. And uh, you can imagine it's not going too well for him since he... Mostly fakes them all. I I was hooked on it from the beginning, but the problem was like, you know, like I said, there was a little bit of mix of comedy in there, but it kind of lost the comedic edge a little bit. When I say, you know, I I like a st- straight up horror flick, but you know, if you're going to have some comedy there at the beginning, I'd rather it just be like, you know, will be more consistent, I should say, and. Uh, there were some parts that just kind of dragged, especially at the end, but the end of the movie was actually pretty satisfying. I would say, yeah, check that one out. Well, one movie called Possessor. This is one that's made by a uh, son of David Cronenberg, and yeah, he definitely has his daddy's uh, directing chops. I mean, this is definitely a type of movie his dad would have made back in the day. Body horror. Yeah. It's kind of a cool concept, like, these people, they get these, uh, have this kind of technology that allows them to, like, uh, practically possess somebody and kill, like, a, a, a high-stakes type person. And, of course, the problem is, is that at some point it really started to turn a little artsy-fartsy type of it, and yeah, I'm really a fan of that, I mean... The concept was kind of cool. It's just it could have done without those artsy fartsy type parts, though. Uh, one movie called The Dark and the Wicked. Family uh, living on a farm with a dying dad, and creepy shit starts happening. But I, I don't know. I can't tell you what the fuck happened in this movie. Uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow about a small little uh, Utah town that's having some attacks, and people are saying, "Oh, this is a fucking werewolf." That's Attacking. Yeah, that one's kind of good. It's the Mortuary Collection. They anthology type flick with uh, Clancy Brown. Yeah, the guy who uh, was the uh, evil dad in Pet Cemetery 2. Yeah. yeah. That one's pretty good. Yeah, Blood Vessel. Yeah, this one is about people 
in World War II that get onto a Nazi ship. And of course, there's nothing on this. Everybody seems to be dead. And then they find out there's some vicious fucking vampires on this ship. This one's kind of cool, but problem was that the beginning was very slow. Like, took maybe, I don't know, 40 to 50 minutes for something to start happening. But when it did start happening, it was kind of cool. And of course, cap it all off. I did a almost complete marathon of the Friday the 13th movies. The only one I kind of left out was Freddy vs. Jason. And, you know, nothing against that one, it's just that, you know, I, I mean, even though, like we said, we really probably shouldn't consider Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X Friday the 13th movies. But, yeah. yeah, it was a fun time, and God, I think the first time I did a complete marathon of these movies in a long while, I mean... I tried to do that a couple years ago, but uh, I stopped after Jason Takes Manhattan just because Joe Bob Riggs was about to start uh, saying on Shudder. I thought it wasn't a complete marathon, too, just because, like, I did it in two days. It started just a day early, but, yeah. Yeah, I I did that uh, not too long ago, I think. I think I did it last year on one of the Friday the 13th, but I'm not I'm not going to do it every Friday the 13th. It's just that, that's too many movies to watch in a single day. Like, <laughs> yeah. every time there's Friday the 13th. Right. And I literally just watched them all on Fear Fest, so... It's, yeah, no. uh, not too bad. And of course, I just got to say, you know, of course, watching them all from my new uh, Scream Factory box set, and yeah, this box set really fucking good. Of course, the thing I noticed is that, well, you know, I was hearing some people were saying there was some problem with certain movies, you know, they had to get them replaced. But, no, I noticed nothing wrong with any of these. And Man Transfer, ah, so fucking good. Of course, the important thing is, of course, big difference from the last box that I had of this is the unrated cut of Jason Goes to Hell. Because if you're watching just the theatrical cut of that movie, then it's like, uh, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that's uh, all of my list right there. Uh, let's start talking some James Bond. And I right. believe it's your turn first. You would believe. Yes, it's it's my turn. Um, I don't know what song I'm going to put in yet, but uh, you'll hear it. Man with the Golden Gun? <laughs> no.
do you know about a man called Scaramanga? The man with the golden gun. He always uses a golden bullet. This trinket is set with a note requesting special delivery to you. I have never seen Mr. Scaramanga. Mr. Bond, this is impossible. I can't... I can't tell you. Don't kill me. Who? Scaramanga. Roger Moore, back in action in the exotic east as James Bond. 007 on a collision course with the most dangerous man alive. The man with the golden gun. Hold on, sir. James Bond, on the job. The girls are willing. I've dreamed about you setting me free. The pace is killing. Good night. We've got you spotted. How about a demonstration, boy? Certainly, sir. You'll meet old friends and new enemies. It's non-stop bomb. The action is spectacular. You're not. I sure am, boy. Reaching a new high for 007. Bonjour, Monsieur Bond. I am Nick Nut. Monsieur Scaramanga will welcome you personally. Target is the highest priced killer in the world. He plays a deadly game, and the stakes are sky high. at you <laughs> not uh not something you would expect for james bond but i don't care yeah because it's god <laughs> hey i never freaking conform to what we usually do for the show <laughs> all right jake you got the uh imdb for us i do a man with the golden gun came out december 20th 1974 6.8 on the IMDb, directed by Guy Hamilton, uh, who uh, directed a bunch of other James Bonds. Diamonds Are Forever, Live and Let Die, Goldfinger, and, well, this one we have Roger Moore coming back. And our villain of the movie is none other than Christopher Lee. Yes, Christopher Lee from Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Dracula. Yeah, 
He was in Dracula. That, <laughs> he was in that movie about the country of origin for not Ferratu. <laughs> uh, joke will never get old. <laughs> and uh, other person I recognize, uh, oh, I don't know how to say his name. Hervé Velaychez. I I don't know. He because uh, the only other thing I know him from is Fantasy Island. No, not that uh, Blumhouse horror movie that came out earlier this year. Uh, the TV show it was based on. You know, it was a short little midget guy who, every time somebody was coming to the island, he would yell out, "The plane, the plane!" <laughs> and that's what the guy was pretty much known for. And of course, all the other regular James Bond people as well. Yeah, Bernard Lee is M. Desmond Llewellyn is Q. Forget who plays Money Penny, but yes. Well, we get our opening of the movie. Obviously, you know you you start out with the do 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 do. You know that that fucking every opening from the Bond movie. Then we meet Scaramanga. And he is an international assassin. He's relaxing on a tropical beach with Andrea Anders, his lover. Scaramanga and Anders, they leave the beach. A short time later, a gangster named Rodney arrives and is uh, met by Knickknack. And of course, one of the things this opening really has to make clear about Scaramanga is that he's got three nipples. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a strange little feature to give your villain. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I really don't get why, but you know, it does what it does. Yeah, you you figured somehow it would come into play and all, but it really doesn't. I mean, except when James Bond tricks one guy into thinking Scaramanga as he put one. I mean, hell, you know if Austin Powers ever. Had a villain with a third nipple, that would come into play for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Nick Nack, he's a, a dwarf who works as a servant for Scaramanga. Uh, Rodney has been hired by Nick Nack to kill Scaramanga, who you know, has promised to leave everything he owns to his small servant. The gangster tells uh, Scaramanga... Or he stalks him through a funhouse-like wing of his home. He's got, like, all these weird fucking, like, carnival-themed freaking, you know, yeah. mirrors and, like, different things to screw with your head. Yeah, you can't figure out, like, is that laughing coming from Scaramanga or Knickknack? I, I just can't tell. Uh, Scaramanga, he's been caught without his gun and must find it first. Well... He eventually does so and is able to kill his would-be assassin first. Well, Knickknack, he tells Scaramanga he will find an adversary that will beat his master. Uh, the two seem to have an unspoken agreement that uh, humors them both. Uh, Scaramanga picks up the, uh, the gangster's gun and turns suddenly, shooting the fingers off a nearby wax dummy of James Bond. And we get our opening title. Yeah. Yeah, what what do you think of the opening James Bond song in this one? Well, by Lulu. Uh, it's not the best. Mm, yeah. yeah, I'm not really feeling it myself, honestly. 
Yeah, that's that's one big reason why I didn't pick it for my song. It's just I I, I don't know. It it, it yeah, doesn't just, rank up there with with some of the best. Yeah, it just doesn't have the James Bond feel to it, honestly. Although I would definitely say still the worst one for me when it comes to James Bond opening songs. It's definitely the one from Quantum of Solace done by Jack White. Oh, that one is a fucking turd. Well, MI6's top agent, James Bond, has been called to uh, the office of his boss, M. M asks what Bond knows about Scaramanga, but, uh, you know, Bond, he ends up reciting a laundry list of characteristics, the most important being, being that he uh, he charges $1 million per assassination using gold, uh, gold bullets marked uh, with the, the name of his target. And he's known as the man with the golden gun. Roll credits. Ding! <laughs> uh, M shows Bond uh, a gold bullet, assumed to be one of Scaramanga's, marked with Bond's service number 007, and a partial fingerprint of the villains. Well, Bond is puzzled as to why anyone would want to uh, kill him. And, you know, M orders him to travel to Beirut. Bond wonders who wants who would want to kill him. <laughs> That's I just I, I thought that was funny. I mean he's 007. Everybody wants to fucking kill him. <laughs> yeah. Who would want to kill me? Well is he best known spies in the world. <laughs> in Beirut, Bond speaks with an exotic dancer who is the last person to see a fellow agent, 002, alive, uh, who had allegedly been killed by Scaramanga. Bond finds that the woman has kept the gold bullet since her lover's death and uses it as a lucky charm, which uh, she holds in her navel. Her belly button. A uh, a small group of thugs breaks into her dressing room, and Bond, in the middle of kissing the woman's abdomen, ends up swallowing the bullet. Oops. He, <laughs> he takes it back to Q, who, along with uh, some guy who studies bullets, is uh, able to identify the manufacturer, a man named Lazar, who lives in Macau. Well, Bond is sent there to investigate, and while threatening Lazar, uh, he is shown uh, an order for more of the gold bullets to, uh, you know, be at a drop point. Well, he accompanies Lazar to this location, which is a local casino, where, uh, you know, the, the bullets are picked up by Andrea Anders. Bond, he ends up trailing Anders to Hong Kong, but ends up losing her at uh, a hydrofoil port. He uh, he meets his assistant, Mary Goodnight. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> why the women all have weird fucking names in those. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely not up there with the pussy galore, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well... Bond, he finds out where uh, Anders is staying and enters her hotel room and roughly interrogates her, citing the uh, the bullet sent to MI6 with his uh, number on it. She admits she works for Scaramanga, both as a courier but also as his lover. He, like a bullfighter, uses her for sex before he makes a kill. 
Bond also finds out that uh, Scaramanga is due to be at the Bottoms Up Exotic Dancers Club that night. While, uh, <laughs> while staking the club, Bond sees Knickknack nearby. As he watches, a man exits a club and is immediately shot by Scaramanga, who is hiding nearby. Well, the man, Gibson, is a solar energy expert. Bond is arrested by Lieutenant Hip as a suspect in the murder. Hip takes Bond to the rusted hulk of, an, of the uh, RMS Queen Elizabeth, actually ruined by fire in 1972, fun fact. And uh, it's in Hong Kong Harbor. Well, it turns out that this is uh, an, an MI6 base of operations. Ooh, talk about the setup in that place. Oh, my God. <laughs> Could you imagine trying to fucking walk through that thing? Oh, I don't want to. <laughs> oh. Have fun going uh, in there fucking drunk as shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't imagine. That would be terrible. Oh, man. M is there, and Bond is informed that Gibson's invention, the Solex Agitator, a small but powerful device used to convert solar energy into electricity, which, funny enough, has become a real thing, mm. had been uh, stolen from him immediately after the shooting. Scaramanga had been hired to kill Gibson by a Chinese gangster. High fat. <laughs> Hi, Fat. <laughs> because Fat had never met Scaramanga face to face, Bond is able to impersonate the killer. He even has Q supply him with a fake third nipple, one that Scaramanga's known physical uh, characteristics. It's so funny you're able to create a realistic looking one, I guess, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, because it totally looks realistic, all gray and fucking... <laughs> I mean, I guess realistic in this movie's universe. <laughs> well, Bond, he ends up traveling to Bangkok and gets to Fat's home. Hey, what's the Fat... capital of Thailand? Ooh, Bangkok! Fat invites uh, Bond back to his house for dinner that evening. However, Bond is unaware that Scaramanga himself has already met with Fat in person. Uh, Fat arranges for Bond to be killed when he arrives. When Bond shows up at Fat's place, he is subdued and captured by Knickknack and two sumo wrestlers. Oh, man. He gets that one. Sumo wrestler, pretty much a wedgie, right? <laughs> I, I wouldn't have wanted to bend him. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I mean, when he's, like, being held by him, being squeezed, he's, like, feeling around it. Almost looks like he's feeling around his ass a little bit. Knick-knack, he nearly stabs Bond, but is stopped by Fat, who sends Bond to a nearby martial arts dojo. The class's best student engages Bond in combat, but Bond defeats him and jumps through a window. Hip arrives with his uh, nieces, who beat the students with their own skill at martial arts. When they, uh... <laughs> the only thing I can think of with this guy nieces is... You know, again, Austin Powers, and uh, I think it was Goldmember. You had those Japanese twins. Fuck me and fuck you. <laughs> well, when they uh, they jump in Hip's car, they take off without Bond, who must escape using a high-powered canal boat chased by Thai longtail boats, and he is uh, comedically assisted by a chance run-in with Sheriff Pepper. From Live and Let Die. 
who is vacationing in Thailand with his wife. And is it just me or is he a little racist in this fucking part? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He uh he was the character, alright. <laughs> yeah, I mean I guess you know the whole point is like he's a southern guy in a foreign country, but yeah, he was uh He's some, saying some fucking shit there. Yeah, I think they said he was from uh, Louisiana. And of course, when you, I just looked this guy up. He's actually from Washington. <laughs> Let's make this guy southern. <laughs> he he pulled it off. Give him that. Well, back at High Fat's house, Scaramanga kills uh the gangster. He ends up uh. The gun he ends up using, his gold gun, is assembled from personal items, and yeah, it's it's a really weird little device. Yeah, kind of a cool he can just, thing. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's a two for one. Yeah, I can remember that gun from uh, the GoldenEye video game. It's like one of the weapons you had to use sheet codes to get, I, I want to say. Well, Scaramanga, he takes control of... Uh, you know, high fats uh, assets. Uh, Bond he plans to spend a romantic evening with Goodnight at their hotel room, but they are interrupted by Anders. Bond ends up sleeping with Anders, and she confesses she is afraid of Scaramanga. Well, yeah, is with, it uh, just me, or did you expect like a menage a trois to fucking happen there? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, and Goodnight's just having to hide out in the fucking closet. <laughs> <laughs> well, she hears that guy she was pretty much gonna sleep with sleep with somebody else. Uh, you wonder how these Bond girls just stay with him, honestly. <laughs> that wouldn't happen today, right? Uh, she ends up asking Bond to to kill him. Bond says he will do so, but uh, only in exchange for the Solex. Bond goes to a kickboxing match where uh, Anders is waiting, but. She is dead, having been killed in public by Scaramanga, who had discovered her betrayal. Well, Scaramanga finally introduces himself to Bond, while Knickknack holds up a, a tiny pistol to Bond's back. Uh, Scaramanga, he tells us of his circus upbringing, you know, how he made his first kill and warns Bond not to follow him. Uh, while Bond locates the Solex on the floor among the, uh, the spilled contents of Andrews' purse and uh, covertly passes it to Hip disguised as a peanut seller. Hip passes the Solex to Goodnight, who is waiting outside. Well, uh, Scaramanga and Nicknick, they leave the arena, but find Goodnight trying to plant a tracking device in Scaramanga's car and lock her in the trunk. Bond ends up pursuing in a stolen car. Uh... <laughs> he ends up uh, chasing Scaramanga along a uh, canal and nearly loses him when, uh, you know, they disappear uh, inside, like, uh, this this weird-ass fucking factory. Uh, that's uh, a little farther down. I skipped, skipped a bit. Uh, he, they chase along a canal and near, uh, nearly loses him when uh, Scaramanga mysteriously appears on the other side of the water. Not able to find a suitable bridge nearby, Bond drives his car across a wrecked bridge. Which, of course, because, you know, you, you can do that. 
Yeah. He ends up executing a corkscrew jump. <laughs> you gotta love the fucking sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> like, did they really just fucking add that in there? <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> well, they end up landing on the other bank. Meanwhile, Scaramanga ends up reaching his, you know, his barn where, you know, his car is converted into a plane. And he takes off, you know, good night still in the trunk. Well, Bond is again arrested. Yeah. Now she had to be shitting in her pants when she finally opens up that trunk, I tell ya. <laughs> well, Goodnight's tracking unit informs MI6 and Bond that Scaramanga has returned to his private island off the coast of China. Uh, Bond flies there under radar and lands. He is met by Nick-Nick and Scaramanga and given a tour of the facility. You know, it's funny, for a villain... He's very open to having Bond as a visitor. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, it's like at this point he knows what, who James is, and he's just like being very uh, polite to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scaramanga shows how the Solex provides power for his compound. Though he doesn't understand the science involved, Scaramanga knows the applications can extend to weapons. He ends up destroying Bond's seaplane with a blast from a laser weapon in his control room. Uh, Scaramaga plans to hand over the Solex technology to whomever pays him the highest price for it. He also reveals that he has long desired to duel with Bond to see whom is the better marksman. Bond agrees to the match. Well, the two face off with uh, Scaramaga stalking uh, Bond through his compound because, you know, he couldn't uh, do the duel correctly, and, you know, he decided to run away when they were doing their, their paces. Yeah, it's like, how you do a duel, man? <laughs> well, Nick Knack, he keeps uh, control, or uh, tabs on the control uh, of all the, the shit in there. He's making things go off and trying to, you know, screw with Bond's head. After several minutes of both gunmen evading each other, Bond gains the advantage by taking the place of the wax dummy that resembles him. Scaramanga enters the room and is shot dead by Bond. Yeah, it's pretty clever, and like you could kind of tell it was James just because you know we already thought that the fingers were shot off earlier. But you know, once he enters the room, you think, oh, that dummy just has its fingers magically back for some reason. Hmm. Well, Goodnight has subdued the bodyguard Scaramanga had posted in the electric generator room, and the man falls into a vat of liquid nitrogen. Then we can pretty much assume he was killed instantly. Yeah, that's a safe assumption. <laughs> Minus 450 degrees below zero or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the change in temperature upsets the balance needed to maintain production, and the compound begins to self-destruct. Bond is able to regain the Solex, and he and Goodnight escape the compound before its destruction. To, uh, to reach civilization, Bond takes uh, Scaramanga's personal junk and leaves the island with uh, Goodnight. And personal junk is uh, a boat, kind of like a pirate boat. Yeah. On the boat, uh, finally able to enjoy some romantic time alone, they are attacked by Nick-Nick, who uh, begins a surprisingly furious battle with Bond. Bond is able to trap the, uh, you know, the little servant in a suitcase and <laughs> takes him up deck. 
Oh my gosh, I can't help but laughing at this part. Hey, 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 let me out, let me out. I really thought he was going to fucking toss the suitcase in the water. <laughs> I seriously thought that too. I mean, you know, technically this is my second time watching a movie because I watched it last year and I completely forgot about that part. I'm like, is he seriously going to chuck this midget in the ocean and let him drown to death? <laughs> well, uh... When he returns, Goodnight is horrified, thinking that Bond threw the midget overboard. However, Bond has locked him in a small cage. As they begin their romantic encounter again, Bond and Goodnight are once again interrupted by a call from M. Well, they decide to ignore it, and they fuck. Yeah. And we Good night. Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> like, that's probably why they named her that. Just for that little gag right there. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right, Jake. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty fun entry in the series. I mean, you, know, you got Christopher Lee as the villain, and you know, Christopher Lee, he was a badass character. I mean, I mean he's, he's an iconic actor. I mean, you can name off several roles he's done, you know, especially like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. And man, yeah. He's just a very good Bond villain in this case. You know, just with his gun and, the, again, the fucking third nipple. I mean, I I just don't get what the point of that was. You know, and it's just fun, like, especially, like, towards the middle when you get the comic relief from Pepper, you know. I mean, it's, it's pretty much a standard Bond movie. You know, you get the usual setup, the villain, the girls, and all that, and the major showdown, and then oh, the iconic little uh, sidekick villain too. Uh, this one, I guess I'll go with a pretty good. Yeah, this uh, I believe this one was my uh, my first time watching this. But if if I have seen it before, it was a long time ago, and I really I don't remember it. Um, you know, I think. Uh, Christopher Lee played a really interesting bad guy. Like, he's dedicated to his work, but at the same time, like, he knows how to have fun, and, you know, he's, he's like, a kind and courteous dude. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really didn't have too many issues with this. I, I really kind of wish he dumped the <laughs> knick-knack in the ocean, but <laughs> that's just, that might say more about me than it probably should. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I'm going to go uh, pretty good as well. Yeah, this, this was a uh, quite enjoyable Bond movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, if this movie were made today, that part wouldn't fly if he did <laughs> dump him in the water. <laughs> That's probably why they didn't. They knew it wouldn't fucking go through. They, they wouldn't <laughs> allow something like that even back then. Like, you're not going to yeah. throw that fucking bitch into the water. <laughs> I mean, they really threw you for a fucking loop, and, you know, it probably was the original plan, and then they just realized, eh, let's just show them a safer location. Maybe they actually did film it, and, like, like test audience didn't like it, so they changed it or something, you know? Yeah. That's what yeah, I would I'll like to, to think. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look that up in trivia, see if there's something about that. 
Oh, oh, wait a second. Here's something about the nipple. In the novel and this movie, Scaramanga has an additional nipple, which can be a real biological occurrence known as a supernumerary nipple, but can also be called an accessory nipple or third nipple. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, there is something. Goldmember apparently had a third nipple. And I, think I need to watch the Austin Power movies again. I don't remember that at all. Goldmember hair? Yeah, that's what it, what it says. Yeah. Well. I, uh, you know, I think he did. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to watch that again. Oh, he says right here, I guess apparently the knickknack was uh, intended to be a miniature version of Odd Job. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I could, I definitely could see that. I was a uh, kind of think about that, especially during the fight. I, for some reason, I was thinking, who throws the shoe? Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're kind of rambling on here. So, uh, say it's time we take a break, and I shall be talking about the spy who loved me. And uh, unlike Scott, I will actually stick with the. James Bond theme in this one, so Carly Simon, and we'll be right back.
It's the biggest. It's the best. It's Bond. And beyond. of our Russian agent. Let them get ashore and then kill them. Time's running out, Stromberg. Yours too, Mr. Bond. Yours too. It's the biggest. It's the best. It's Bond. And beyond. back now here is the spy who loved me came out august 3rd 1977 and a 7.1 on imdb uh, what was uh and was the golden gun 6.8 so hey i get i get die rated one yay for you. Uh, directed by lewis gilbert and uh, he only directed one other bond movie after this moonraker so roger moore is back and a Bond girl, and this is Barbara Bach. And another little Bond girl we get is Caroline Monroe, who, of course, I recognize from movies such as Maniac and Slaughter High. And uh, a villain is, uh, well, in this movie, he goes by Kurt Jurgens, but I guess his real name is Kurt Jurgens. 
uh, however you pronounce the, the the German names. I don't really recognize anything else. He's been like a lot of German stuff, that's for sure. And of course, most notably, we get a debut of Jaws in this movie, Richard Keel, uh, who we featured on the show in Happy Gilmore. Yeah, you, you don't know the name Richard Keel, you'll definitely know the face for sure. This seven foot uh, big man. He's the one who fucking shooter had the, you know, play off his foot. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he had a nail on his head through the first half of the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, this movie, we start off in a submarine, a British nuclear submarine, and they're experiencing a serious disruption of power. After a while, the captain looks through the periscope and sees something foreboding. But we don't see what he sees. And uh, next thing we know is that submarine is lost without a trace. Oh, no. So, in Moscow, Colonel Gogol is hearing that from M. And so he's concerned. So he has to uh, reach out to one of his best agents, Triple X. Holy shit, Vin Diesel's in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably be just like, what, a fucking toddler at this point? But hey, yeah, he's in this movie. <laughs> well, we see a uh, man. I, th- I think the uh, the code name fits for, you know, who it is. <laughs> so we see a man laying with his lover, and, well, we're first thinking this is Triple X right here. Now, phone starts ringing, and they're all looking at it. The man gets up and walks away, and well, the woman answers, and it turns out that she is Triple X herself. A lovely, lovely Russian woman. Yeah. Let's throw you off for a loop right there, that's for sure. What, a woman can't be a secret agent? Well, I mean, you wouldn't expect that, I guess, especially in the 70s. Yeah. Hey, uh, did you hear all the controversy about uh, some black woman, like, taking over the 007 name for Bond for, like, the first half of the next movie? Yeah, uh, well, I haven't heard anything about that for a long ass time. I don't know. People are pissed, apparently. <laughs> and well, and speaking of James, he is a, uh, well, the lead off to this is pretty good. It's like, a, you know, they're assigning him to this case and they're saying he's in Moscow and they're like, tell him to pull out. And of course, transitions <laughs> to James sleeping with this woman, so. Yeah, he, he might pull out, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was all intentional. <laughs> uh, very subtle movie, very subtle. And of course, he's called to duty. You know, nice little device right here. He, he's got a watch that like, uh, prints off this message, like kind of like those uh, little sticky things. You know, it doesn't appear right on the watch itself, just prints out the message. And so, you know, he has to leave and... You know, the woman keeps saying that she needs him, and he's like, so does England. But moments after he leaves, she gets on a phone and, well, actually walkie-talkie and tells somebody he has just left. And next thing you know, we get cool little ski action sequence, including the guy who was Triple X's lover. And, uh, well, ends up killing one of these guys who actually was the lover. And he ends up jumping off the cliff and just laying off the parachute. <laughs> this is the uh, this is where that Family Guy joke comes from. 
Oh wait, no, maybe I think it's American Dad. Yeah, it's one one of those shows. They they make a joke from this. Yeah, probably American Dad because yeah, 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 it's it's American Dad. It's one of those James Bond episodes they did. Like, uh, <laughs> there's a, a British agent and fucking Stan ends up killing him by accident. <laughs> <laughs> And now we get the opening sequence. This time the main theme song done by Carly Simon. I kind of like this one. I mean, it's not up there with the best, but it's kind of cool. I mean, this one is kind of more of a love type theme, I would say. Yeah, title of the movie, The Spy Who Loved Me. (laughs) Yep. And so, Triple X, a.k.a. Anya Amathova. Yeah. Russian names are hard. (laughs) (laughs) She's reporting to Google where she's given the assignment and, of course, where she learns that her lover was killed. And uh, she's not taking that very, very well, let's just say. Yeah, she she wants to know who did it, where it happened, all that stuff. I like how she says, like, they better, the person who did it better not let me fucking find out. I got to write the pot. <laughs> <laughs> I better, better turn on my lights. Yep, I can see a little better. <laughs> I got a smart light bulb, so I can turn them on for my phone. Yeah, so I don't have to get up just to turn it on. Okay, so, yeah, now James, he's getting briefing at MI6. And they are learning everything about Minister of Defense and everything about the subs. And now uh, there's a we're in the middle Mediterranean Sea. Two scientists, Beckman and Markowitz, they're meeting up with the main villain, Stromberg. This guy's got a pretty uh, unique voice. I'll, I'll say that. I, I I can't. I don't know if I can even pull off the guy's voice. <laughs> I wouldn't try. Yeah, yeah. So he's talking about like uh, he lives in a specifically designed city, Atlantis, of course, which can float and merge underwater. He thanks the scientists for his invention, but before he allows him to leave, he announces that uh, somebody has been selling off the plans. It turns out to be his assistant, so he has her get on this elevator, which, of course, the floor gives out and. She ends up sliding right into a shark tank. <laughs> and I just have here written in my notes, why are Bond villains so obsessed with sharks so much? You notice that? Yeah. Oh, always goes back to the sharks. Well, it's but, probably because sharks are very hungry animals and they tend not to leave a trace. I, I guess so. Yeah, all I can think of, of course, is sharks with freaking laser beams on their heads. <laughs> Just as these scientists are leaving, well, he activates a bomb that destroys their helicopter. Because, yep, more loose ends that he has to take care of. And of course, uh, he meets up with two of his hired assassins on a fat Hungarian man named Sandor. And, of course, Jaws. Big old seven-foot guy with steel fucking teeth. So, yeah, not somebody you want to pick a fight with, I would imagine. Is that ever explained how he got the teeth? I don't think so. I, I didn't catch it. Yeah, yeah, I guess we're just supposed to assume he gave himself these. I mean, I, I don't know. 
James goes to the desert in Egypt. He and his old contact who tells him to find a man named Fekish. He's pointing out to another man, Max Kalba, who has a tracking system, microfilm. He goes to the man's house where he meets up with a woman. And uh, she refuses to give up his location. But, of course, you know, with James, he has to, you know, mack on her a little bit. Well, Sandor appears. He's about to shoot James. But, you know, this woman sacrifices herself for James. And, uh, you know, he chases Sandor and they end up having a little bit of a fight, which ends up on a rooftop and ends up with Sandor kind of dangling off a roof by hanging on to James' tie. And, well, he gets the uh, location of Fekish and then lets this guy fall to his death. Yeah, that guy had a little uh, short-lived appearance in this movie. <laughs> there we go to uh, Geetha? I guess that's what it is. Yeah. To meet with them where Egypt. they're doing... They're doing a little, uh, neat little pyramid show there. Of course, he's there with the uh, Triple X, and not only is she there, but so is Jaws. Just kind of a cool little thing with the light here. Like, there's some green light flashing on and off, and, you know, every time it flashes on, there's Jaws, and El Fekish notices him, and, yeah, he's, uh, he's kind of scared of him. I wish a... I guess I wouldn't blame him one bit for being afraid of him. Ellie tries to run off, and, of course, Jaws ends up following. And, uh, well, they end up in this uh, little um, little building. I, I don't know what that place was, but Jaws ends up cornering him and killing him pretty much with his steel teeth with a bite to the neck. Not a fun way to go. I would say not. And, uh, well, James discovers him dead, and... Of course, when he gets out, he meets with uh, with Anya, and yeah, it's looking kind of suspicious, and well, he ends up getting in a fight with one of her men, which, of course, he comes out on top on. <laughs> so he goes to a nightclub in Cairo, and of course, Anya's there, they're speaking, and well, she orders a drink from him, and of course, she orders it shaken, but not stirred. And so they meet up with Kalba, and I talked to him a little bit, and he's called away to a phone call in a little booth. And, of course, when he's in there, of course, Jaws walks in, and he gets him to microfilm and then kills him. Well, James and Anya end up stowing away in the back of a van, which, of course, Jaws is driving. So they end up in a little uh, place with Egyptian ruins and ended up getting a major battle with Jaws and yeah, he's yeah, he's hard to take down, that's for sure. I mean, this guy, he's uh, <laughs> he's very strong. Yeah, his, <laughs> maybe his teeth are the only thing made of steel, that's for sure. As Tyler would say, he's got that retard strength. <laughs> <laughs> well, they uh, that fighting with him, they'll end up getting these uh, Egyptian ruins toppled on top of him. But of course. It doesn't knock him down. Like, they try getting back in the van, but Jaws comes back and starts ripping this van apart. I got Bond is just sitting there like, yeah, all right, let's let's just take this slow. (laughs) We're going to relax. We're going to get through this, and we'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they end up uh, backing the van into him, which, yeah, of course, just knocks him out. So, hey, look at that, Scott. Somebody being pinged between... uh, 
vehicle in a hard place and making it out alive, huh? I told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just have to be like a seven-foot uh, assassin with steel teeth to survive it, apparently, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, they end up getting away with the microfilm and end up on a little boat. And, of course, that first of all, it's looking like a little romantic evening for them. Until she gets out a cigarette, and a uh, cigarette is a trick because she ends up blowing out this stuff that knocks James out. He wakes up, no sign of the microfilm or Anya. Oh, I just can't trust women, can you, James? Nope. In the morning, he wakes up and ports to another side of the ruins where, you know, there's a M in there, but also Anya and Gogol. <laughs> yeah, we can forgive their little quickly, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're, uh, where were you, James? Were you taking a snooze? <laughs> <laughs> well, Q ends up examining the microfilm, but uh, looking worse at first, but uh, they do find evidence of a hidden symbol in it, which identifies Carl Stromberg. Superiors order Bond and Anya to investigate on the island of Sardinia, where he lives. So they travel by train, of course. Gets called back to from Russia with love. Almost said Russia. I was like, what the fuck is that? From Russia. <laughs> well, of course, uh, I have written my notes here that when we first meet with Q and this, he has some pretty cool devices, like a cool little spring chair. They're on a train and they're getting ready to sleep. But when Anya opens up one of her closets, uh, there's Jaws right there. Oh, another fight breaking out and... Yeah, I just love how James tries to fight him off with a table, and he just ends up taking a bite out of this table. I guess just to prove to James how strong he really is, how you really shouldn't be fucking with him. But uh, James, he takes this lamp and kind of breaks off the light bulb part of it and <clears throat> uses the electrical part on his teeth, which stuns him and ends up kicking him out of the train. <laughs> and... Once again, not really phasing him too much. He just gets up and dusts himself off. Yeah, you know. No big deal. Yeah. They end up arriving there in Sardinia, and they meet up with Q, who has a really awesome car, eh? That was desperate. He's telling James all the things he needs to do with the car, and, well, before James takes off, he's like, if I ever let you down, and Q's just like, all the time. Hmm. They end up getting like two bedrooms courtesy of Money Penny, and then they meet up with Naomi, assistant of Stromberg, played by the lovely Caroline Monroe. Naomi, according to uh, Fan Wilder, I moan backwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, she ends up taking them to uh, Stromberg's little hideout, and well, he's uh, posing as a marine biologist and meeting with him tells the undercover Bond of his love of the sea and of an underwater city may be the only hope of the future for humanity. But as they leave, Naomi is telling Anya about Stromberg's largest ship, a one million ton super tanker named the Lipperus. And after seeing the small model, James privately remarks that the design of her bow is unusual. After Bond and Anya leave, Jaws comes off a hidden room Confirms the Stromberg that Bond and Anya are the spies that he encountered, so he instructs them to be killed. They're now being attacked on their way, and 
followed by him on a motorcycle and a side carriage. And, well, one of these vehicles with Jaws ends up going off a cliff (laughs) to some guy's house. (laughs) The guy's just like, Mamma Mia! <laughs> like that Ooh, poor guy. Who the fuck are just shot put on my house? <laughs> well, they end up being followed by Naomi in a helicopter. And, uh, you know, they're heading, like, off this little deck here. But uh, it turns out that the car kind of doubles as a submarine. Well, they end up firing a missile right into Naomi's little helicopter. Well, yeah, she was a little short-lived. Yeah, well, yeah, like yeah, the good-looking lady for a little bit, and then you kill her. After a while, they end up pulling up on a beach, and it's a kind of funny thing when people are just watching this car pull up from out of the water, like, what the fuck is all this? They're kind of like freaking out, like, what? A little talk here. Anya finally confronts James about her lover. She's like, did you kill him? He's like, yeah, it was either me or him. Yeah, she's still not taking as good. She's telling him pretty much that after the mission is over, she will kill him. What a shame. Yeah, a <laughs> little bit of tension between them now, I would say. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, how she knows it was like from a lighter he used. Yeah. So next they go on to the submarine, U.S. Wayne and. You know, I guess these guys weren't expecting to see a woman in here. <laughs> Heck yeah, we get a little shower sequence from Anya right there, and ooh, it it was a uh, pretty close to being a little revealing. Yeah, we get to see uh, all the curves and everything, but we don't get to see the details. Yeah, it's like uh, got a little bit of side boob action right there. Now they're uh, forced out of the sub, taken prisoner heavily by the armed crewman and identified and immediately taken prisoner on a bridge of the Lipperus. Stromberg explains his plan to use the nuclear missile board the captured British both the captured British and Russian submarines to ignite a nuclear war between the superpowers. Resulting nuclear holocaust will destroy the surface world, leaving Stromberg the opportunity to rule an underwater kingdom. I bet Aquaman would love that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, not my best joke. <laughs> so he ends up uh, departing, taking Anya with him, leaving the crew, begin the assault as crews board the British and Russian subs and depart their lodging stations in the Atlantic Ocean. Afterwards, the Lipper's captain orders Bond to be put with the rest of the prisoners. Bond escapes before he can be in prison and frees the British, Russian and American soldiers. The combined crews lead an all-out assault on the Lipper's crews, taking the dock areas and most of the ship, despite taking heavy casualties, including the British sub-captain. Unable to take, um, to break into the heavily fortified bridge control room, Bond uses a nuclear warhead detonator to blow a hole in the armored wall of the control room, and the crews kill the rest of the Lipper's crew. With these two Stromberg-controlled submarines at their launch stations and Atlantic, Bond has the American the sub-captain, Captain Carter, use the tracking system on the Lippers to transfer the coordinates of each submarine missile to choose the other as their targets. The ruse works, causing two submarines to destroy each other. With each other's missiles on board the American sub, Captain Carter now commanding a 
polyglot crew orders torpedoes to be fired as the bow doors allow to escape. The large tanker explodes and sinks. It's at courts for Atlantis with orders to destroy it. Bond argues with Carter that Anya still Atlantis and must be rescued first. He is given a wet bike, an early jet ski. Yeah, well, I never knew that's what they called them, wet bikes. I did not either. Yeah, always know about jet skis. Arrives at Atlantis ahead of the sub. Bond takes the elevator to Stromberg's level. And of course, at first we're thinking, you know, he's going to be fed to the sharks. But when the door opens up, we find out, yeah, he's cleverly like standing like on the ledges of these things with his legs spread apart. So they're in his little dining room and Stromberg has kind of a harpoon gun loaded at the top and the, <clears throat> under the dining table. I misses him because it was a long ass table and so it, it kind of takes a while and I guess James notices that. Yeah, might want to work on something a little quicker if you're wanting to kill somebody like that. I would or maybe a shorter table. But, uh, yeah, he escapes that ends up shooting uh, Stromberg in the chest, killing him. And while searching for uh, Anya, well, he encounters Jaws once again. But he outwits him using an electromagnet crane to seize metal teeth and drops them into a shark tank. And so we're thinking, oh, is this the end of Jaws right here? But, uh, no, uh, Jaws uses his teeth on a shark to kill it. All I'm thinking while I'm watching this scene is Jaws against Jaws. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I wonder if that was intentional. Jaws against Jaws. The crossover <laughs> fact, we didn't know we needed. <laughs> well, he finds Anya tied up. Ends up uh, freeing her just as the American submarine begins its attack. So the city's starting to sink right into the ocean water, filling up. And, well, they escape in a little escape pod. And uh, well, we see Jaws later in the ocean and swimming away to return, of course, in the Moonraker. Yeah, for some reason, well, I guess it's just because I technically watched this movie twice and all. And, uh, yeah, I, I was exp- for some reason I was thinking this was the second uh, Jaws appearance, but I don't know why I thought that. Again, probably just because I... Watched this twice last year and then this year. I kind of thought the same thing while you were running this down, like we'd seen him before. Atlantis is destroyed. James and Anya are in a pod together, and well, the mission is over. So she's about to kill him. He's like, hey, the executed get at least one more request. So he pops off some uh, wine and says, let's get out of these wet things. And... <laughs> Well, suddenly she just forgets about killing him. And uh, next thing you know, the pod is found by the British vessel. And M, the Minister of Defense, and Gogol, they end up opening this to find, um, well, James and Anya after coitus. How was it they ended up saying? The thing, like. I think, I don't know. I, I know they said, they were like. Bond, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and that is where we roll credits on this. All right, Scott, what do you think about this one? This one, I think, was a better From Russia With Love than From Russia With Love. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It was was a pretty interesting one. It kind of reminded me of, like, a little bit of, like, Thunderball. Yeah. Um, You know, I I don't really have any issues with this one. You know, I believe this was the first time I've watched this one as well. But again, I I don't know. I can't remember. Fucking, I tried watching all of these at one time or another, but I think I just ended up getting... Like bored or something, and just because there's too many of them, <laughs> you know, it's not bad. I definitely, uh, you know, I, I put it up there with the uh, the one we just did, so uh, I'll give it a pretty good. Yeah, I'll give it a pretty good as well. There's some parts like ah, I only think at the ending I couldn't follow, probably just because I was watching these while working from home. Uh, that probably didn't help. It's kind of probably why I. Uh, what was that? Did you hear that? No. Heard like something like like something dropped and I or you you put something in the chat. No. Huh. I'm hearing things. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, probably why I struggled just a little bit with stuff that was happening at the ending, but uh, anyway, it's still a cool movie and plus, you know, probably get one of the coolest Bond villains yet with Jaws. I mean, guy's the guy's freaky. I mean freaky appearance and you know he's like hard to fucking kill that's for sure too i've never seen moonraker he interested to see what happens to him in there i mean as far as i know like uh, only two appearances for jaws so i imagine he would be killed off in moonraker but i guess we'll see again what a freaky ass villain and yeah glad we got to see as much of him as we could in this movie and yet, just somehow, James always ended up on top. It, yeah, he's a resilient motherfucker, as for goddamn sure. <laughs> Resilience is the only way to win a combat. And nice little subplot, too, was uh, you know, James killing the lover of, well, his new lover. And so, got a little bit of tension right there, which, of course, all forgotten about because... James, he's just so fucking charming. No, you killed my. I, I think it's more about uh, he saved her life. Well, yeah, yeah, about yeah. So I would say pretty good as well. So we got some pretty good Bond movies this time around. Yep, I uh, don't really think I have too much more to discuss about these two. I think we should discuss what we're gonna do next time. Golden shot means another 
still doing Roger Moore but next time well you know what Jason's done it Pinhead's done it Leprechaun's done it so you know what I say it's time for James Bond to go into space yeah all we need is Michael Myers to fucking go into space (laughs) (laughs) everybody's predicting the Fast and Furious movies will eventually do so as well well at least we uh, we know that they're going to be ending after the 10th one so yeah, I hope so. Next time it will be Moonraker, and then we'll be talking about For Your Eyes Only. Uh, yeah, so um, plans for next time, Moonraker, and... For Your Eyes Only. Yes. Who will be doing what will be a surprise to everybody. I would say so, for sure. Jake and I will figure it out probably later this week. Who knows? So, hey, my least thoughts about these James Bond movies, send them to unholymofos at gmail.com or leave them on the Facebook group. Yep, don't forget to vote for the girls. This is uh, getting down to the nitty gritty, so if you want to see a girl move forward, you better get them votes in. Oh, yes. Listeners, do not disappoint me. <laughs> 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 I, I I don't really follow the the votes on the Facebook group too much, but I saw one I I forgot who Catherine was facing off against, but I saw Balsack was voting against there. I'm like Balsack, you dirty motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know he's probably gonna do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that one ended up being in a tie as well. Mm, I doubt it. Yeah, I, I guess we will see. Oh, fuck. Yeah, one, one more to the big one, people, and we can't wait to announce what that is, and we we can't honestly wait to find out what it's going to be. At <laughs> yeah, we don't actually know what we're going to be doing, but it's it's going to be big, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, hopefully by 199, we will know a hundred percent for sure what it's gonna be. Even if we do know, maybe we'll just freaking say screw you guys. <laughs> you'll you'll find out what episode two hundred is as soon as it drops. <laughs> <laughs> Throw everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess until then, until Moonraker and for your eyes only. Peace out. Later fuckers.
hear how I fucking injured my toe last weekend. Oh yeah, the <laughs> yeah, I saw that you uh, like you did the same thing like three years ago or or something I mean, like that. Not quite the same thing. I mean, last time I pretty much stubbed big toe against the bottom of a recliner. This time, what <laughs> <clears throat> happened was I was opening a door wearing sandals, and the oh, door boy. just slid across my little toe and took some skin off. <sighs> yeah, that shit hurt a lot. So what are you doing? Uh, just taking like uh, some Advil or some shit? Yeah, put a lot of gauze on it. <laughs> I've been going through gauze like crazy. But uh, it's it's okay now. It's it's starting to heal now, and it's less gruesome to look at. Oh, it's starting to... I wonder if I did something to the little uh, toenail on it, though. I mean, it doesn't hurt, but it just feels weird. I would, though. I'd go to your doctor. I mean, yeah. It feels fine. It may feel fine, but I mean, like, if, you know, it's feeling weird and, like, you know, you don't want to chance it. But that's just me. I don't like going to the doctors, but if I had a fucked up toe, I'd... <laughs> Give me something for this. Fix it. <laughs> yeah. I'll give it another weed, and maybe it should start healing up, really. <laughs> oh. Like I said on my Facebook post, post, I'm never going fucking barefoot again on that date. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's got to be more than just a fucking coincidence, I fucking tell you. Yeah, I, um, I don't know why you're wearing fucking sandals in October, November. Well, I mean, I wasn't going outside, exactly. I was just going to the laundry room. Well... I don't know then. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna start wearing slippers a lot more now. Yeah, I'm wearing the slippers a lot just because of, you know, I was just trying to wear regular shoes with the toe. I mean, even with it starting to heal, it just feels so fucking mm, not too comfortable. <laughs> and even though it helps, yeah, wearing slippers just uh, out and about just feels so fucking awkward. I can imagine. I freaking, with all the walking I was doing, I was getting fucking blisters all over my feet. Yeah, it might be. I mean, it's that kind of socks you're wearing, too. No, nah, it's just a majority from the, the shoes. Just yeah. rubbing the skin as much as it was. Yeah, I don't know. It's not fun. I had, like, two. I had one underneath both of, like, in between my big toe and my second toe. I popped both of them, and the skin still has not healed. Uh, and a couple other spots, I've had, you know, skin, you know, break apart on me, and it's not very, very fun. Yeah, I had a blister on one of my toes, too, like on the same foot, just three toes down. 
Well, I guess, you know, compared to, you know, Wancho being nearly skinned alive, this blister didn't really hurt in comparison. <laughs> uh, fun feet talk. Should make good outtakes right there. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody wants to hear. I was talking about freaking toes and blisters and injuries. 